Today's episode is brought to you by Nin. Nin is a cutting-edge synthetic nicotine pouch brand that's setting the new standard for nicotine pouches in the U.S. with its lineup of zero tobacco nicotine pouches backed by a management team with a proven track record of success in the nicotine and tobacco industry. Nin aims to revolutionize the nicotine category for businesses and consumers by offering an industry-leading product that's backed by innovative technology, high-impact branding, and category expertise. They are maintaining a new era of nicotine products that take people's lives to the next level beyond the tobacco leaf. The inevitable conclusion is the complete removal of all harmful components of tobacco plants by redefining the customer experience. At NIM, their mission is to help spearhead the evolution away from tobacco and towards smarter nicotine alternatives. NIM comes in a few great flavors like cinnamon, wintergreen, spearmint, coolmint, and citrus chill. All flavors are available in three or six milligram strengths, large 34 millimeter pouches, 20 pouches per can, 5 cans per sleeve, 18 sleeves per case, so 90 cans total. They are the new era of nicotine, the evolution of nicotine. They are nicotine innovated. Think about it, life beyond the leaf, pure nicotine satisfaction. With Nin, you can live life beyond the leaf. There are better ways to enjoy nicotine without tobacco. Zero tobacco. Pure nicotine satisfaction. The real tobacco-free nicotine pouches are with Nin. So go to ninpouches.com. That is N-I-I-N pouches.com. Remember, Nin, live life beyond the leaf. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today is very special guest, former NWA national and tag team champion, former four-time PNW heavyweight champion, five-time PMW tag team champion, and the NWA Florida World Tag Team Champion, Mr. Hacksaw himself, Brett Sawyer. Brett, welcome to the two-man power trip. Thank you very much. How you doing today? Not too bad. Can't complain. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> What's going on in your world? What have you been up to? 
Oh, just uh, relaxing and uh, enjoying life. <laughs> yeah, just chilling for a while until the first of the year, and then start training people. Are you still, so, still doing the training? Uh huh. I'm coming back in uh, West Virginia. Um, Going to do a half price deal if, starting January the first. Um, fifteen hundred instead of three grand. It's a lot easier to come up with. <laughs> so, and it's a good deal. So, six yeah. month course. Um, I've been training people for thirty years. So it's pretty easy. <laughs> Once you get used to it, I remember when Steamboat and my brother was training me, I did that shit for nine months and I had walked in one day and they had bags in each corner. And I was, looked at my brother Buzz. I was like, what's that bag for? He says, well, you're getting a little too cocky, boy. And you're going to puke in that bag today. All of them. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> yeah. Buzz was crazy. <laughs> yeah, what was Buzz For, like? You always heard that reputation. He was a little crazy. You know, he's a badass. He's a good guy. If he liked you, he'd give you the skin off his back. And if he didn't like you, you had problems. <laughs> but he never looked for trouble. It just seemed to follow him. <laughs> had a big mouth, but that was he was proud of it. So, so am I. <laughs> uh, we got a long ways. Yeah. Did a lot in life. Um, he lived a short life. Oh, that's the sad part. So the fast lane ain't always the best lane. <laughs> that's for sure. With him, and, how was your but, relationship with him? Like, how did you guys get along? Oh, we were so great. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Me and my brother, he was my best friend. Um uh, I knew everything he ever did in his entire life. <laughs> he was, I, we walked out of McDonald's one day. I had long hair and he was bald. And they were like, oh, look at that faggot with the long hair. <laughs> and Buzz handed me his hamburger <laughs> and a Whopper. And he just beat the shit out of three people and came back and got his Whopper and coat, jumped in Trans Am and left. <laughs> He's crazy. Yeah, he lived the fast. He lived 10 lives in 32 years, but. He's been dead for 32 years now. So, miss him a lot. Yeah. You guys travel the world together. You guys are everywhere. Man, we loved it over there. Oh, man, they treated you like gold. And the money you made was unbelievable. Jesus, they paid better than anybody in the world. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. It was the best uh, five weeks, and it was a breeze. They put you in the KO Plaza, the room size of a three-story house. It was unreal. <laughs> yeah, I love Japan. But uh, just getting ready to – I was going to retire, but I'm going to hang around another year, so just see how things go. This will be my last year for sure. Uh 61 when i turn 62 i'm <laughs> august 10th i'm out of here <laughs> yeah with uh japan do you remember who you wrestled over there like do you remember wrestling great muda and uh, Hitsumi, okay, muda, yeah all those guys were over there uh and uh me and buzz always tagged we were with hills over in japan 
and, the, and it was always a baby face in the States, but in Japan and Puerto Rico, I was a heel. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. The money was unbelievable, and they treated you like gold, and put and they took care of you. Um, Japan, when you you make it to Japan, out of a hundred percent of pro wrestlers, only twenty percent ever see Japan. Believe me when I tell you, because if you don't have some <laughs> kahunas, man, you're in for a rude awakening. Because they're stiff as hell. And you got to be stiff right back with them because if you're not, they're just going to beat the shit out of you. So you can get some buzz. He always would take them down and stretch them. But we got along good with them. They they loved him. But could have been more good times, that's for sure. But you got to live life slow. Yeah. How'd you guys get over there? Did like Buzz usually set everything up for you guys? Uh huh. Yeah, uh, he sure did. Didn't have to do a thing. And Noki would always call him and tell him, give us our plane tickets and uh, said, uh, tell us how long we were staying and we could stay three weeks, five weeks. And sometimes we'd stay six weeks. It always varied, but yeah, he was a nice guy. He ran the place pretty much. Um, yeah, Noki. He was awesome. He still is. He's a very good athlete. Yes. You ever see that great thing that he used to do where the people would come to the ring and he would slap him in the face? Oh, he would? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, and there would be a line of people, like 100 people. And they would thought that they get smacked. He would smack them in the face, yeah. They thought that they were getting some fighting spirit from him, that he was transferring it over to them. <laughs> oh, that's crazy as hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> really, that's amazing. That shocks me. But, hey, you never know. <laughs> I didn't know him that good. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about like uh, that – Idiot, Arn Anderson, man. That's one of the guys in pro. He's one of the only guy. Him and the Undertaker. There's only two guys I just love to get in the ring and shoot on. Like, forget an interview. <laughs> oh man, and Arn's got a mouth so big he don't know what to do with it. Always knocking dead people, and he ain't got a brain. His damn head. He's just a total idiot. I mean, he always. Making interviews. Oh, I'm not booked with Japan, and I'm not booked with WCW, so I can do what I want to do now. Let all those people. And he's an idiot. He ain't worth my breath. <laughs> I let him get to me. He's just stupid. Yeah. What happened with Arn? What, what's the heat there? He's just uh, gets on and knocks my tell people he knocked my brother's tooth out, and my brother knocked that tooth out when he wrecked his Porsche. And our Hannes didn't. He just lies so much. And when they get on here, I don't ever knock nobody. But when they get on here and knock dead people, that hurts my ass to no end. And he that just shows the tooth he's got. I, if somebody's going to talk about a dead person, they got problems. <laughs> I think <laughs> I wouldn't knock a dead person. I don't know. I just that's I don't know. <laughs> Somebody that can't talk for themselves is pretty bad, I think. So that's where you know? he comes from, the story uh, of his brother? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. 
But no big deal. He just, uh, I don't know. He thinks he's better than everybody. Ain't nobody in this world. We put our pants on the same way, you know. He always talking about how busy he is. He's not too busy now, so <laughs> he's just, I don't know. I shouldn't even talk about him. I get high blood pressure. <laughs> uh, what yeah. about Undertaker? He's saying Undertaker. Uh, and then he, he did the same thing. Lion saying Buzz uh, took his money and ran. Buzz stretched him and he ran. If anybody knew Buzz, they knew exactly what happened. I liked all these interviews. Is always made after 2009 or 1992. That's when he died. So um, I don't I don't know. It just irks my ass when people are talking about dead people. They can't do, come back and do an interview or talk about it, you know. So I got to grab the bag and be the idiot. But it don't bother me a bit. I, I know exactly what went on. <laughs> and Undertaker ought to be glad he got. He, he wouldn't have made none of that money if Buzz would have broke his neck. <laughs> I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody just calls he was a superstar in WWE and all that. That's just because he kissed ass all the time. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I did wrestling for 35 years, and um, I heard so many guys like Billy Jack Haynes. I trained him and broke him into business, and he started knocking the business and knocking Vince about giving people drugs and stuff. I don't really see eye to eye with Vince, but he gives all these guys opportunities. You got to give him a break. I mean, shit. At least I heard he had 20 lawyers. I mean, people like that, you don't mess with. I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> so what's the true story with Undertaker? What well, he, he said Buzz ripped him off for 3500 and that's all bullshit, man. He only put two grand down, and Buzz stretched him, and he never came back to the wrestling school is what happened. So I'd love to get on here with him and see him tell me that I die. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so he wanted no part of Mad Dog Buzz. Right. <laughs> So why, like, why the story? Like, why do you think, like, all that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And why talk about a dead person? You know what I'm saying? If he's going to say something, you should have said it when he was alive. <laughs> that's just my opinion. So, so you mentioned training under Buzz and Ricky Steamboat, which is an interesting combination. What was it like, though, training? Because you said, like, you know, he'll stretch you and he'll, he'll make you throw up and stuff. So what was it like training under him? It was good. I mean, uh, to go to a wrestling school, you know, a lot of guys, uh, I've trained thousands of guys, and uh, if you don't want it, you're not going to get it. So you got to get in there and come up with your own gimmick. Don't use somebody else's gimmick like a lot of guys do. And uh, you can't be five or ten Mr. Wrestling twos and um, – Billy Jack, people like Billy Jack Haynes that not, that wants to one made good money in pro wrestling, and he he went to WWE and had a good little run. But when you got a big head and they give you an opportunity, that's your choice to either chop your head off or get over like a million bucks. Either one of the two ways, you're going to come out a winner. So, um. Uh, 
just think Vince does more for these guys than they really expect, or they they don't know what he's going through. He does a lot for people. He's gotten all these guys into the movies and entertainment. And in the NWA days, there was none of that shit. I mean, you'd just go from town to town and drink some beer and just be happy. But things change, you know. When you get a big break in WWE, you get a big head. So sometimes it's good for somebody to smack you down like my brother did me and wake you up and don't walk around being cocky all the time because it'll get you nowhere. And there's two things you want to remember in pro wrestling. They got an eraser and they got a pencil. So (laughs) that's, that's, it's all politics. It's who, you know, it's not a, you can bring somebody that can't wrestle a lick and, like Hogan, he got over because the pen was behind him. If you got a pencil behind you 24-7, you ain't got nothing to worry about it while the promoter's pushing you and you're making money. That's what it's all about. Yeah, true. So yeah. was there ever any doubt that you were going to be a wrestler because of your brother, like it was all automatic? Well, I went to Portland, Oregon, and used, I went as a Hacksaw Sawyer. I didn't tell people I was Buzz's brother. Cause I wanted, I didn't want people to think I hung on his coattail. So I did go to Oregon and wrestled Flair for five years in and out and ran Andre the giant around for five years and stayed there six. And then when I came back to Atlanta, we, me and, I turned my brother baby face and then we toured for a couple years and then went to Japan and back and forth. And, um, then he died, so that was a big halt in my life. Going back to um, Pacific Northwest, what was the territory like? Like, what was Don Owen like? What was the because, like you said, you lived for about six to, years. Yeah, Don Owens to me was the greatest guy in the world, uh, best promoter by far, uh, one of the most honest men I ever met in my life. Uh, I don't have one bad thing to say about him. He was dynamite and he was just one hell of a guy that somebody you'd never forget and his brother Elton too they both were great guys yeah they did me a lot of favors what made him such a good promoter Uh, he just gave everybody a break he don't go on certain names and I mean, he did for the big, big names like Andre and Flair. He always made sure he brought them in once a year. And uh, he was just honest. And a lot of promoters aren't honest. <laughs> but you can't tell them that when they're paying. And yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What do you think about the territory just in so, general, like the traveling and everything? I loved it, to be honest with you. Well, it was great because you don't ever go – the first you'd go would be Washington, D.C. or Washington. And, uh, I mean, that was only about a five-hour ride. It, everything else was about three hours, four hours away. I mean, it was great. Yeah, little territories, TV once a week. Uh just he ran a hell of a show i reckon he took over in 59 somebody told me 1959 he took from his brother or something and uh he just 
he made a lot of money. I can tell you that for years and years. Yeah. How was the taste? How was that over there? Oh, he paid great. I mean, I was making good money. I mean, like nights with Flair, he paid me fifteen hundred, two grand, depending on the the crowd. But uh, I didn't tell the guys what I made because he told me not to. <laughs> so I didn't. They were jealous anyway, especially the Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson. He's a nice guy, Rocky, but. He was always trying to get me to eat Valium and uh, to calm me down. And I, yeah, it was crazy. He did help me a lot, too. So I can't really, uh, I can only say good things about Rocky. He was a great guy. Mm -hmm. We tagged for about a year and a half. We traveled a lot together. Yeah, he was funny. <laughs> yeah. Piper was funny too. Great. He was, he predicted he would die at 61 and he did. That's crazy. So, wow. Piper, he was really over in Oregon. I think he was over more than anybody. Hogan, Flair, Andre, yeah, Hogan, or uh, Aunt, uh, what's his name? <laughs> I just said, yeah, he was over like a million bucks. Roddy Piper. Yeah, he was big. Pretty deep, you know. He said he's gonna die at a certain age, and he yeah, did. and he died at sixty-one. That's crazy. He pronounced it on TV one day. And it was just weird. Couple years before he died. Yeah, my me and Leonard Skinner when he he died. He said he died before he was thirty-two, and he did at thirty-two. So. So yeah, what was Piper like? Was he crazy? Super nice guy. Around? He was a little crazy like Buzz. Uh, I spilled some beer in his car, and I, we rent, he'd rented a car, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it, Hack. He grabbed his beer and opened it, and he poured it all over the dash to make me feel comfortable. <laughs> and he's like, it's a rented car. F it. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he was, he was crazy. Yeah, he was one of a kind. <laughs> Piper and Buzz, they only made one of them. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's like his territory, you know, that, that poor. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he was God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was God big time. Uh, he was a great guy, too. Really, uh, yeah, he was uh, emotional and he was really, uh, he's believed in God and all that good stuff. He's a good guy. Yeah, we had some good times together in Oregon. <laughs> Why did he think I'm going to be dead at 61? Just too much partying? He knew that he only had certain uh, time Oh, he was a partier. We all was back then. I mean, doing coke was no big thing in 1981. <laughs> that was, wow, a lot of that. But uh, he grow up, get down the road. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. You can't look back. You got to look forward and be proud of everything you ever did. What about Nate, the Nature Boy? You said you wrestled him a lot. And oh yeah, a lot. The yeah, NBA yeah. champion would come in, and you know you you'd yeah. have a bunch of guys from territory wrestling. Yeah, and Flair was Flair. He liked people. If he didn't like you, you knew it. And me and him got along pretty good, but he was a little cocky. But we're all cocky at times, I reckon. Uh. uh Especially when somebody's trying to back you up in a corner, 
it's uh but you know he i remember watching him pay a thousand two thousand bucks just to keep the bar open two hours it was crazy going to west virginia and keep those bars open all night long <laughs> yeah that's, that's different times <laughs> i ain't had a drink in 30 years yeah with Nate and him, him coming in, he'd basically take over the territory. It'd be, you know, literally inside the ring and outside the ring, it seems like. Uh, yeah, sure would be. And it was uh, pandemonium everywhere. They sold that sportatorium out so much, all the time. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. Frank Bonham was the commentator back then. That's in the eight. I got there in 1980. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about working Flair and being such a good worker and you know legendary champion and everything else? Flair? Yep. Well, I think he went overboard with some of the women. If you watch that, it's something about late night uh, or I forget what it was, but it showed Flair getting in trouble raping women and shit and uh, making moves he should have never made. <laughs> I don't know. And then I, he was, the IRS was hot on his ass. And I think Vince paid a lot of that off, but I don't know. Uh, maybe he might still have problems. <laughs> he had problems about, with Dyer. Go ahead. What about, uh, what about him in ring though? Like when you were wrestling him, what did you think about him? Great guy. Hell of an athlete. Um, a phenomenal NWA superstar, and he was. And, I mean, he backed up what he said he could do. I mean, we did our Broadways together, and uh, that's time limit draw, and shit, he loved it, and, and so did I. So we had some good matches for sure. There's a bunch of them on YouTube. I'd seen them yesterday. It was like 47 of them. I couldn't believe so many of them. <laughs> Was yeah. that like the staple, the 60 minute time on the draw for the NWA champion? Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, when we went to, like in Oregon, you'd do two out of three and you'd do the first match, go at least for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then you come back the second one, then the third one. I got used to that two months, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, two out of threes, that was different. Definitely different than uh, nowadays, for sure. You uh, rarely see oh, it. I, yeah. know, I just know not that long, but you rarely see the 60-minute time on the draw. Uh, you rarely see a 60-minute match. Back then, you've seen it all the time. Nowadays, <laughs> you can watch WWE in an hour show. You might see 15 minutes of wrestling. <laughs> That's crazy. Like a soap bopper. Johnny Carson show. <laughs> and, Do you watch a lot of current wrestling? Nah, I don't watch it at all. <laughs> be honest with you. Just because it's totally different than what it was, or you just oh yeah, it's not so much different. It's not even comparison. I I don't even understand it after thirty five years of wrestling. I understand it, but it's I don't. I like my, all the people I run into tell me, "Oh, we don't like that, Brett. We don't." I'm mean, like, I don't either. <laughs> I don't watch it either, <laughs> so uh, it is what it is. You got to move on in life because I've lost th- three quarters of my family, and life's short. 
Do you think yeah. that the current wrestling is just so completely different than what the wrestling you grew up in? Like, do you think it's just completely changed that much? Oh, oh yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Go back and look at it. I mean, it speaks for itself. Why the, uh, why the, why the change, you think? I, I think it was a change for the bad. I mean, what they're doing now, like Rhodey Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes, his little brother, or Dusty's sons, those territories are opening up. And they got backers, and they're, they're losing their ass. I don't see how they can make all that money. I don't know. I just – and they can't even tell a story because it changes every other month. And when you're telling a story, you got to be – I mean, the way I was taught, you do it back to back. I mean, uh, until the people get tired of it. So we did two years with the Road Warriors. Uh, boy, that was a pain in the ass. They're stiff as hell. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Georgia Championship Wrestling, the Road Warriors against the uh, the Sawyer Brothers, big time feud down there for a while. Like so two, uh, years. two years. Yeah. You said not fun. <laughs> no, they broke my wrist, my rib, <laughs> everything. They were stiff, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it was rough. Yeah. Oh, well. Buzz was stiff, too, so he was stiffer both of them. <laughs> so it sort of evened out. <laughs> they were good guys. Huh? Inexperience on their part? No, because we were training them. Uh, on the side for Ole Anderson, and uh, he was having all the guys come down there and train them because they wasn't properly trained. That's for sure. Uh, so Ole Anderson, he personally made sure they were trained right, and he got a hold Buzz, me, and some other guys, and we just alternated. And it got yeah. a little tough though, as far as the injuries and. Yeah, oh yeah, stiff or snug? Snug as hell. <laughs> Too snug for me. I, I, I was. I'm a believer in that. You can't, you can't see it, so you can't feel it. So be as loose as you can. <laughs> I don't like that stiff shit. <laughs> yeah, but I deal with it. I don't complain because it's not ballet. That's what a lot of these guys are complaining. Like Billy Jack Haynes want to make a living off the business. And then knock everybody. It's promoting him in it, and like uh, the guy that owns WWE. And I mean, it's just crazy that he's going to tell him that he's got him on drugs when he's telling that Vince McMahon sent people drugs to their motel rooms. This is Billy Jack Haynes, and I was like, he's crazy. Vince McMahon would never send drugs to no damn hotel room. That's that's the biggest line of bullshit I ever heard in my life. He just he don't he don't uh, get the boy drugs and stuff. That's just Billy Jack Haynes trying to get a lawsuit, and he's look like an idiot doing it. You can't go get a <laughs> Vince has got more money than God. <laughs> I mean, he don't need uh, somebody like – he's just a, a fly. <laughs> yeah, Billy, he's – the business was good to him, and then he turned against it. So, you know, he's always got a hard on for pro wrestling. It's something that always – I don't know, because he wasn't like that when I trained him. I can tell you that. He was mellow and humble as hell. 
know, he was giving away steroids left and right. <laughs> yeah, and then he's telling us that oh Vince is supplying all this. No, Vince ain't Vince don't supply drugs. I'm here to tell you. And I don't you really get along with him, but I ain't gonna lie about it to him. And that's what Billy Jack Haynes does, thinking he's gonna get rich or something. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, he's Doing too he many steroids. Say, he did once say that he huh? was Vince McMahon's. He once said he was Vince McMahon's brother too. What? Yep. He said he was Vince McMahon. I believe it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, how did he think he'd get away with that? I have no idea. It was kind of a crazy statement. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Hmm. This world's crazy. <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to turn normal in 2022. Think, think, think for the best. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, all these Corona and oh my God, it's crazy. So with Billy Jack, was that you trained him over in Portland? Yeah, uh huh. Sure did. Yeah, he became a huge, huge star over there. Uh huh. And then, well, he grew up there. And then his dad is his, he died when I think about he was seventy years old. Um, Billy is he was a nice the nicest could be guy. I mean, I never heard him complain about the business, but man, some of the interviews I seen, oh my god, <laughs> it was hard to watch <laughs> for sure. To hear all those lies, that was the hardest thing. Uh, because Vince McMahon, I just don't imagine. I can never see him sending drugs to nobody. That's for sure. Why would he <laughs> send them to the whole team? That's crazy. He couldn't get away with that shit. They'd have been on his ass. Nah, man. My brother went there, didn't stay six months, beat the shit out of Vince. <laughs> That's one reason I didn't go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that story? Uh, he wanted Buzz to do a job, and he didn't want to do it. <laughs> and they got in a fight. Uh-huh. All that will end that pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that, cut my, that cut my corners real quick. <laughs> yeah. So no wonder but, you never worked there. Yeah. Never. Do you remember who they wanted him to job to? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I just remember it was overdoing a job. Then I remember the next time he got his ass whipped was from Bret Hart because when his brother passed away, Vince kept rolling the damn TV and um, he sort of thought Vince had something to do with it. And it looked awful fishy because he lowered him three different times and when they practiced it, they only did it once. So you got to sit there and think, is he telling the truth or what's really going on here I think this is honest but you know I could be wrong I know, I know he's a, a bully but uh, <laughs> it is what it is you can't not dancing make any money that's for sure yeah big so money going back to Pacific Northwest for a second I know you also team with Dr. Tom, Dr. Tom Pritchard over there. What do you think Pritchard, about Dr. Yeah. Tom? Oh, great guy, man. I ain't got he's one of my best friends. Yeah, we were great. We never had a problem. 
Yeah, Tom is a great guy. Josie's brother, Bruce. Talk to Dr. Tom all the time. Uh, I know Do you really? Him. Yeah, and I you see him tell him I said hi. Hey, give me a call. Yeah, yeah will do. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Pritchett, super guy, man. Mm-hmm. We had a blast. I know uh, he loved that territory. Oh, we both loved it, man. Yeah, we tagged for a while. Um, I think we tagged for a couple of years. Uh, then I tagged with Marty Gianni for a while. He's funny. He's crazy. <laughs> I was thinking uh, a team with him. Jeez, I didn't really realize that was – what a team. Yeah, we did it. In, uh, I was in uh, Kentucky. Yeah, I and I had an experience a couple of years ago in Kentucky doing 120. I I won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky. I don't like Kentucky. <laughs> what about Jeanette, What about Marty? Oh, that's how I'm, we was. I, I think that's where we was wrestling in uh, Kentucky. I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, uh, we had a blast. We did it in Oregon for a, while, a couple of years. I'm pretty sure. I know we did, and then uh, I was with Marty. And I, maybe it was Marty I was with, yeah. Marty Gennetti. Yeah, I've seen him on, on uh, that other guy that does interviews, and uh, <laughs> he's crazy. He ain't changed the way. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> I lost my wife in 2016 after being married 30 big years. But uh, cancer it had triple negative breast cancer. Oh, wow. Three and a half years that shit. Then it killed her. <laughs> crazy. Wow, sorry, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, crazy. Yeah. But you just you know lighten the mood watching those Genetti interviews where he's talking about God knows what. Uh yeah. <laughs> Marty, he was always funny as hell. <laughs> Did you see the one where he said he killed somebody and then he took uh, it back? Oh, no, he got in trouble for that, didn't yeah. he? Yes. Did they arrest him? I don't know if he was arrested, but I think he was questioned about it. That's it seemed crazy. odd that he, he admitted to killing somebody, yeah. I'm telling me, oh, my God. <laughs> He's crazy on the real. So I, I didn't know he admitted to killing somebody. Wow. He said he was like a young young kid or something. He killed him behind a bowling alley, but then he took it back. He said it was a storyline. Like, I didn't get it. Oh, I, think I don't get it. <laughs> That's funny. Ah, Marty, he's a great guy. So Him and Pritchard, there's two of my uh, – always, yeah. yeah. I wasn't far from it, but <laughs> yeah. I've had enough concussions, that's for sure. <clears throat> so how was Dr. Tom? Was he a party guy? Um, not really. He was more – he's really laid back, to be honest with you. He was – Tom you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah, he's having problems with his wife then. And I think he was going through a divorce. I'm pretty sure he was. And I was single. Um, <laughs> um I don't know. I was a little wild. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, but things change. 
uh, I enjoyed life. It's uh, always been good to me. Yeah. What did you think, just in general, of of the territory? Like with your brother, without your brother, in, in, in certain territories, was it easier for you? Did you like kind of being on your own, or did you prefer having? I your like brother being on my. I'll be honest with you. I hate to say this, but I really like being on my own. But uh, I proved it. And I proved myself, I know, after six years, I had to have. And uh, uh, I enjoyed tagging with my brother. I knew it would be times short, but I didn't think it'd be that short. Uh, you know, it's hard. It is, it's hard. Yeah. But you like to be a single guy, like, on your own. You kind of prefer that because you, you're standing on your own two feet? No, um uh, I uh, I gotta have a, a partner. That's for sure. Uh, it's uh, different. Yeah. So you worked yeah. like every territory. You worked everywhere. Like you worked Pacific Northwest. Like we talked about Georgia. You worked mid south for Bill Watts. What was it like working for Bill Watts? I hate to say it. He's a big. It's pricking the world. <laughs> oh, okay. oh man, yeah, he he screwed me big time. Me and Buzz, we tagged right, and I got a thirty or fifteen hundred dollar check, and my brother got a three thousand dollar check, and I, for one night, man, it was a sold out play. I man, that Bill Watts, he pissed me off, and he's like, "Oh, we got to give a two week notice." I said, "I ain't giving you shit." And I said, "Oh man, I was hot." I said, what makes it? I says, oh, we did the same thing. It was just, it, he was just being a dick. Yeah, thinking I was a rookie or something. <laughs> I was far from a rookie, that's for sure. What did you think of just that in general? Just like that, that's just what he did to people. They just, like, he did. He, he did. I, everybody was always complaining about him. And I even questioned a few guys. I was like, well, he's going to help you. Like, I'm not being contradicting myself, but. He was a prick. I mean, he, he I, I couldn't work like that. <laughs> you know, I didn't see that $1,500 difference. <laughs> That's crazy. You got it. When you're in pro wrestling, if you don't walk out for that, the next time they'll be sticking it up your, you know, where. <laughs> so I, my brother taught me well, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. But he followed me two weeks after that. Was Watts known for that? Known for? Oh yeah, he was known for that. I ask anybody that worked for him. <laughs> I, anybody that was there when I was? They'll they, yeah, he was a prick. And I've heard guys tell me how nice he was. The other guy I did interviews. He was telling me, "Oh man, he's a great guy." I was like, "Well, he wasn't a great guy to me." <laughs> yeah, and I'm I know I wasn't the only one, so that's the only reason it didn't make me feel too bad. But I, I didn't want to work for him another day. <laughs> uh -uh. You don't, if you don't, I was taught, if you don't talk, uh, stand up to a promoter, you never will. And you got to do what they ask you. And uh, that's, that's how I got the name, the Bubblegum Kid. I was getting over as Brett Wayne, and then Dusty didn't like that because he had a hard on for me because me and Steve Kern trained his son and Dustin and he didn't want him to play uh, pro wrestling he wanted him to play pro football 
and uh, he couldn't make the grades. And so he came to me and Steve Curran and asked us if we would train him. And we said, yeah. And his dad was always mad at me. So he gave me a name, the bubblegum kid. And he gave me a bucket of, of uh, bubblegum. This was all because he was pissed. And I made sure it got over. So I gave all the kids it. And I started walking in the crowd and handing it to them and shit. And uh, it got over. So it sort of pissed him off, I reckon. But he did it just because I trained his son. I know he did, but. I don't think he'd admit to it if he was living because he was a great guy. He helped me a lot in uh, in Florida because that's where I was, spent 50 years. Besides, I was born in West Virginia. That's where I'm at now. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Life has been good to me no matter any way I look at it. And I got a beautiful woman and very happy. So you trained Dustin. You said you trained Billy Jack Haynes. Who else have you trained? Uh, Eric Henry. Uh, he was from Mad Dog's Palace. That's my school in Florida. I had. I trained Tommy Rogers, one of the Fantastics. That was my best friend uh, growing up. Um, I, he was making two hundred bucks in Florida, and I got him a job in Oregon. And he came out there, and I trained him in an apartment <laughs> on a bed. And uh, then we'd go to the ring on Sundays and go over everything. And then uh, I trained Tommy there in Oregon. But I've trained uh, – I helped my brother train uh, Terry uh, – what's his – Dusty's old sidekick. But he wrecked the Porsche. Terry uh, Allen, Magnum T. Terry Allen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Me and Buzz, yeah, trained him too. Yeah, trained a lot been, of the good damn talent there. Uh, I, got, I sent a lot of guys to Puerto Rico. Some of them stayed over there. At Eric Eric Emery, he was back and forth. He's getting ready to give him a big contract in WCW, and. Uh, he ended up ODing on damn steroids. Fucking <laughs> people are stupid. I'll tell you, if you dumb enough to use it like I was in the 80s, and, and you're dumb enough to pay the penalties, because you're gonna you're gonna run into some somewhere. <laughs> I can tell you that. Do life. Yep. Yeah. So how do you uh, become a good trainer though? Like hey, that's just natural? You just you just Oh yeah. I love doing it in Florida. My brother opened up a school in Sacramento, California, and I'd had one open in Atlanta. And uh, I was flying back and forth and training my, my guys. And then Valentine would come and help me, Greg Valentine. And uh, then he'd train the guys in Florida while I was in California. And, uh, yeah, I've been training them 30-some years. It's I like it. It's uh, it, it's it's easy. It's uh, if you really want it, it, there's a ring. You should be able to make it because uh, if you got a good trainer, they'll have you in there less than six months. You can tell in a month who really wants it and who don't. And uh, sometimes you got to tell them they're wasting their money. And uh, that's hard to do, but you got to because if it comes back and bites you in the ass, then it's all on you. <laughs> So you got to try your best to train them 
and make sure they really want it because you can't want it for them. I was taught that the hard way. <laughs> These so guys, you're not, you're not one of those trainers that will nah, take money. Nothing like that. <laughs> no, I'm one of the down to earth guys, one on one for an hour, two hours, whatever you want. They got the stamina. I'm ready to go because <laughs> that's what you need to be a good wrestler. If you don't have endurance, you're screwed. I can tell you. Yeah, there's a few guys that got over that couldn't wizard. And and this a lot of them are on top, believe it or not. <laughs> hey, if you can do it without going through all the high spots and all the gimmicks, go for it. Yeah. And if the people pays your bills, mm, that's the way you should look at it. <laughs> I think there's too many wrestling schools nowadays. It seems like oh too many. god, there's so I've many. Let me tell you, when I went to Texas, they had uh Amateur wrestling match, trying to do pro wrestling, which is unheard of. There's no way in hell you can teach somebody that on mats, even though I tried once. Uh, uh, it's just impossible. It's it's unheard of. And, I mean, you, it's like Kim Brooks died a couple years ago. He's a good friend of me and Buzz's. And he trained guys, and he – he threw them in sand and he trained them in sand and it was crazy. I just seen some of the craziest schools I ever seen. You put up a wrestling ring and throw somebody in there some knowledge. You're going to have a good time, but you can't train people in sand and you can't train people on an amateur wrestling mat. Unheard of. Can't do it. Weird. You might see them. They can get away I with mean, that. Weird. Oh, yeah, and it is weird because I usually got to pay $1,000 just to sign up for the school. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. But uh, people's got to be aware. If you don't see somebody that ever made anything in pro wrestling, well, shit, what are you going to think they're going to do for you? You know, I'm, I enjoy training people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think that. Like some of the schools, like who's this guy running the school? Never heard of. And it, it, nobody's ever heard of him. I busted my ass in pro wrestling. I mean, I put I started at seventeen. I put thirty five years in. I shoot. I wish I had a four hundred one k. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. I'm paying for it now. So, I know it worked. You know, millions of territories. You're saying you work like every territory. Maybe uh, South, Southwest. You're, you're a smart guy. I can tell you that. Do what now? Southwest. Joe Blanchard. What about that territory? You know, I worked for him only for a couple months because uh, man, Buzz was leaving. But he, I didn't get to know him real good. But from what I got, he was a great guy. Not from what I – my vibes, I mean, yeah. The short time I was around him. How do you move from like each territory to territory? Is this the promoters contacting you're contacting the promotions? Like little of both. You're going little everywhere. Both. Yeah, you know, uh, I learned the hard way. If you if you don't can't book yourself, you got problems. And uh, I'd always book myself. And like when I walked out on Bill Watts, that was an instant go <laughs> kiss my ass. But uh, I, uh, it, it just really irked my boy. I, it hit me wrong. Uh, 
he wanted me to give a two-week notice and my brother's like i'm not even gonna ask you <laughs> i was like you know i said i'm out of here and then he followed me two weeks later but he hung around another two weeks <laughs> i was hoping he'd follow me then but he didn't <laughs> but i didn't care I, I was pissed yeah he he said oh it must have been an accident it wasn't no accident <laughs> Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He thought I was green. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Seven, eight years, you still pay your dues. <laughs> yeah. So you kind but, of will just realize, okay, you got to be able to book yourself elsewhere. Not burning the bridge, but he kind of screwed you, so screw him. Like move. Yeah, because it was so many territories. There's 40 of them, you know, and I could get booked in all of them, so I didn't have a problem staying busy. Yeah. And I always did them good. If they screwed me, well, I walked out. So that's just the way it was. Mm -hmm. You also work for JCP, right? Mid-Atlantic for, for a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, yeah, Crockett Promotion. That's uh, I trained there at Crockett Crockett's. That's where I trained at. Uh -huh. Yeah, Crockett's Promotion. I love the Crockett's. Yeah, they were great people. Uh-huh. Still what do you are. think about what do you think about that territory? Because I mean, that's a completely different territory, smaller. Right? Yeah, that was a little, see, I I got trained there, I stayed there. Um, it was different, yeah. And uh, you know, the Crockett's were always good to me. They, I trained in their ring. Um, uh, I can't thank them enough, to be honest with you. Yeah, they was good people. I, I don't got nothing to say about the Crockett's. They was uh, very family-oriented. And then I, by that time, I was married uh, and had a kid. Yep, two of them, and that was it. <laughs> and you guys did an angle with the Midnight Express, right? Yeah, sure did. Uh, I'm just saying... I don't like what the way they talk about people on these shows, but they that's the way they get over, I reckon. You mean Cornette? Yeah. He's got a mouth that I boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's so full of shit, his breast stinks. He's something, man. He just don't stop. He was like that in the eighties. Oh my God. <laughs> he got on my nerves. And I just watch him on a video. He'll just the way he knocks people. It's just funny as hell. He's so dorky. <laughs> oh God! He used to cause some riots back in the day. Oh, hey, hey, he's a, he turned into a hell of a manager. I have to give him credit because, uh, yeah, he came a long ways. I watched it. He sure did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So you also wrestled in Florida. Tag team partner yeah. was uh, Jimmy Backlund, right? Jimmy Del Rey. Yeah. Jimmy Backlund and Steve Kern. Yeah. Uh -huh. Me and Kern, he had a school. He had a wrestling school in Tampa, and I had one in St. Pete. You know, so oh. we became good. If he, if he got guys in uh, St. Pete, he'd get, call me. And if I got guys in Tampa, I'd call him. So we worked. We, we would work it out with each other instead of stabbing each other in the back. We took care of each other. Yeah. <laughs> what was Jimmy Backlund like? I heard he's a bit of a party Great animal. Guy. Yeah, he was a party animal. He was single, so he could mingle. I'd always go home. 
he told me I was pussy whip. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so did you ever have a chance to, I know you wrestled a little bit for WCW, but did you ever have a chance to go there like full time? Nah, never wanted to because uh, too many changes there, WCW, and a lot of guys with little secret knives in their hand, <laughs> backstabbers. Yeah, it was, uh, I went in and out. That was it. Uh, I loved Oregon better. Uh, that's why I stayed there longer. And uh, I just didn't like the, what was going on. You know, uh, there's always a click. It don't matter who you are. Or, uh, either you got to try to get along with them or you don't. One of the two. So I always tried to get along with them. So, you know. Did you go back to uh, Japan after that? No, I sure didn't. I did. I hadn't been to Japan since 2006. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, many years. Did you wrestle for the wing promotion when you were out there in, in Japan in the 90s? The wing promotion? There was a couple of promotions. I don't know what was what, but I know it was New Japan. And uh, that's who it had to be in Japan because I think there's only one other wrestling alliance over there. And it's with a bunch of marks, green people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So as we as we hit the wind down, head towards the finish. What was your favorite territory? I mean, man, we went through a whole gauntlet here: Mid South, Georgia. Uh, we didn't even mention Memphis. We made a, a quick cup of coffee. Uh, PNW, JCP, yeah. Central States, Southwest. Bahamas. I mean, we went to. Yeah, we went to the Bahamas, Creek, all over. Yeah, police, just, I can't remember half of it. But it's, uh, it's been a good ride, that's for sure. <laughs> what was yeah. your favorite territory? Portland, Oregon, hands down. Yeah, for sure. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. As far uh, as, went, like... I just... Uh, no, go ahead. No, I didn't want to cut you off. Sorry. Oh, no, I just like Portland. They was always good to me, always put me on top, uh, always gave me main events. Uh, they throw a few semis in there, but uh, mid. But Don Owens, he was great to me for sure. And I went to his house. And he told me he never took a wrestler to his house except Dutch Savage. And I was like, oh, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> And he always took care of me, man. He was a great guy. Great territory out there. A lot of great oh, talent. man. It was. It was a gold mine. Damn. And it was there for so many years, but I don't think it's there now. Nope. Because they uh, built a um, restaurant or something there, I think. I'm pretty sure they did. Because I went out to do autographs in 2014. And, and they had a it's a church. Wow. wow. Church. Yeah. So, so looking back, do you have some favorite matches or some favorite opponents that you've had throughout your career? Yeah. Andre the Giant was one of a kind, nicest guy in the world. 
it always throw me a couple hundred dollars. I mean, two $100 bills back then just to give a guy a ride where you're going anyway. He wouldn't let you. He, he couldn't tell him to keep it because <laughs> he just made sure you were taken care of. And he'd hold a beer where most people, you can see it with him. You couldn't see it. <laughs> and he'd drink that vodka like water. And he just, I think, was one of the nicest guys in pro wrestling. He's probably one of the biggest and baddest in pro wrestling, but he wasn't like that. He was a very humble, diplomatic, charisma type, type of guy. I mean, he was always looking out for you and always just trying to make people happy. And he was a good guy, man. Died at 44. His brain, the bones uh, grew through his brains. And the guy uh, was a Florida uh, – the guy that cleaned his farm and stayed there with him, he used to work in Florida as a referee. And Andre just gave him all that property and all that land, and he's happy ever after. That's, yeah. the, guy, that's the way Andre was. I mean, everybody was surprised when he gave it to the referee, and I wasn't a bit. He always told me how much he liked the kid and stuff, so I knew he liked him. Yeah. I was shocked he left everything. (laughs) He left them everything. Uh, I couldn't believe it. But that's the way Andre was, for sure. So do you have any regrets in the wrestling business looking back? Mm, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, I wish I'd have got it in pro baseball but i can't change that now so i just uh could have changed it but i didn't and i should have came an actor and i didn't so i put all the blame on myself were you good enough at baseball to become pro oh yeah uh, i was a catcher all my life mm-hmm. yep you just decided to do wrestling instead well, I was painting out on the beach and my brother pulled up in a Trans Am and a glove compartment filled $100 bills. And he said, come on, we're going to Knoxville. And I left that work site, didn't go home, drove all the way to Knoxville, got clothes and everything else, got a car. And then I started being a referee and training in the gym. And then I started going to Crockett's Promotions. That's where I trained, and uh, the rest was history. <laughs> I didn't turn back until I left Oregon after six years. <laughs> what do you uh, think if, if, like, fans look back or, you know, they're looking at the stamp or the legacy of not only Brett Sawyer but Bud Sawyer and, like, the Mad, Mad Dog and the Hacksaw? What's the legacy of, of you guys? Well, we like to entertain people, and we loved our fans, and uh, my brother, he loved them too, and it just was a high that you came by, and it was all natural, and uh, just it was great, and it's a a feeling with, you got 90,000, 80, 60, 50,000 people yelling your name. It's unbelievable. It's it's an adrenaline rush that you can't replace <laughs> and you got to thank your fans for that so i do yeah for sure nice 
All right, Mr. Shore, I'd like to thank you so much for all the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother.